0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Abram Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. 40 years of This is Emeritus Rex with Rav Ruven Yeshua Pupko of Cote Saint Luke, based Beth Israel, Beth Aaron in Canada. Rabbi pupko uh before we recording we were wondering how to greet each other today on a day that in Eretz stroll, I guess the day is is sort of in the wane Yom koron and people are getting ready of course for yomatsmaut and i guess it's the um seventy third um uh celebration right of of of, of the Hakomas samadina um and and I know that on this program you have been. A uh, an extremely eloquent defender of why life in Eretz Yisrael and why the Medina is so important to us, no matter what your political or hashkofa affiliation is. Um, and, and so I, I don't even want to talk about Yom Hatsumut with you because it's like... Of course, you know it's like. Do I have to tell you that 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 it's day outside right now? Do I have to tell you that you know that you should go out in the, in the cold wearing a jacket? Of course, Yom is a day that needs to be embraced and celebrated. I know that's going to be your your take, and I don't even think. But I want to talk about Yom Hazikaron beforehand, yeah. and um, you know, uh, when I was uh, in uh, teaching in yeshiva, even let's say even in yeshiva, uh, we knew in Nair Yisrael. Uh, uh, to deride uh, the people who were keep us through uh, <laughs> goat. We knew about Yomatzmut, and we knew that people called it Yomatzomus and stuff like that. Um, I will tell you that I davened for the Yomud. You know, it was a big schus to be able to daven Kabbalah Shabbos. You remember? that was? I don't know if you ever took the Bima. You remember my brother, of course, took the Bima and, 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 and did the Wachadoidi. Well, your you brother had
1: a very good boy, he was much more talented. Uh, <laughs> yes, in many ways, and uh, yeah, he was recognized. I think that's universally recognized.
0: Then what? My brother's more talented than me. Oh yeah, I think I think. <laughs> I, okay, let's start talking. Don't let's open the brother can because I <laughs> I, I, people in glass houses. Should not, okay, let's let's make the whole show about our relationship with our brothers. Then, that would be wonderful. I'm sure people would love that. We don't have
1: enough gigabytes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bite is the key. bite is the key phrase there. Um, <laughs> like Rabbi Kiva's no sheikh khamor. But here here's the point. Uh, you might remember that it was a big when my brother went to Davin Kabbalah Shabbos, and of course uh he he um, he used he does it beautifully right, and he said me
1: uh, It was probably the finest Daven ever in history. Of right. the, so basically, he took Jewish tune, liturgical rites He, he took just-
0: the tune to those were the days, yes, yeah. and and of course. It was almost pandemonium. What could happen here? And, and and something which halacha only dictates when you're a min. And an because he was thrown off the bima, right? It, 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 it was like he was stopping for a minute in Vilam and and, right. and trying to think about a Gnostic god. He had introduced this alien song. And because of that, he was told, get out of here. And I think Barish Kipper had to take over the omen um, or Mayor Kurzfeld, yeah. or one of those had to, had to come over and take over the omen. Um. But, but
1: everyone said... All right. It may not have been appropriate, but he's better than his brother. That's what I remember. As <laughs>
0: <saying>. <laughs> well, by the time I got my chance, I decided that I wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to upset the Oilam. So for loysei Voshi, instead of those were the days that got my brother thrown into the of uh, uh what I used was Hashem uh, uh, hu malkeinu.
1: Right, which right, was right.
0: the which was the yeah, yeah, and right. I have to tell you again, this was the song you know, Hashem Hu Malkenu Velo Yadachu Avodim rohi Chayenu. So, I used that nigan, and after after the base after the davening, the whole rabbeim came over to me and said, I remember if Sheftel Olver Shalom came over to me and said, for using that nigan, which meant which of course was the anti Zionist nigan, right. Of. So that was the place where we came from. We came from a place that 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 really was against celebration of Yom Hatsumot. What was what I never heard about coming from Memphis was there was something before Yom Hatsumot, which is Yom Hizikaron.
1: Right. I have to say, listen, for American Jews in general, from none, from wherever, Yom Hizikaron didn't penetrate the consciousness till totally. later. There's no question. Yom Tzomut did at the uh, for years before Yom Hazikaron did. With increased travel to Israel and being in Israel for Yom HaZikaron, sending kids to study Yom HaZikaron became uh, much more widely known and observed in North America, no question. And it's also the presence of of Israelis in our communities also certainly enhanced the profile of Yom HaZikaron. But you're right. When we were kids, it was not thought of. But it wasn't just yeshiva people who were either ignoring it or unaware of it. It was generally North American Jewish, uh, Jewish community. uh, Similarly uh, ignored it. Then again, with increased contact and uh, uh, it it certainly upped uh, its profile. And now it is widely uh, observed. You know, listen. Your analysis sounds listen. Listen, you ask, you know, what could be wrong with Yom These are people who died defending Jewish life. There is nothing wrong with that. There is no greater mitzvah. I mean. What, what could be wrong with that? And listen, the bottom line is it suffered in the yeshiva world from the same, for the same reasons Yom HaShoah suffered, which is anything done by the Tziyanim, you know, it has to be wrong. And, uh, you know, on Yom HaShoah, I, I don't know if we ever talked about Yom HaShoah. Did we ever talk about it? Yom HaShoah, did we talk about it? I don't remember.
0: How wonderful your memory is for those of for those who are listening who who, who doubt the the the, the sharpness
1: an of an old Rabbi man, I don't memory. remember. It talk was just about
0: mind. about six days ago or seven days ago when we were oh yeah okay. About so, Yom about.
1: so there was a lot of baloney <laughs> reasons. There were a lot of or, of course you did right. I'm sorry. There were a lot of baloney reasons, <laughs> yeah. smokescreen reasons for, for ignoring Yom Hashoah. Uh, there's no Availus uh, in Nissan, right? I mean, spirit oh, is a Nissan, but all of a sudden he can't do Yom Hashoah. Right, uh, I mean, uh, anyway, uh, that's enough. Uh, we never make new days. What about Chav okay? I mean, there are a lot of baloney reasons. Um, but uh, you always see around suffering the same thing as you sanctify the calendar of the sea are You're too far in, in there, okay? Look, I i, I hear
0: the, the your wishy from last week's episode, and I i accept that. I, I'm just wondering, and here's I want to theorize with you for a minute is it possible? That as an opening to the greater Zionism or the greater religious Zionist or Eretz Israel in general, Yom HaZikaron is some is the type of thing which can sell. Yom HaZikaron is the type of thing that if, if if there would be some some umph behind it, I think people would recognize. You know, that there should be a, a day to think about.
1: Listen, listen, the bottom line is this is not about ideology. It's not about a shkafa or philosophy anymore. It's simply part of the uniform of the yeshiva world not to engage in in those 20th century milestones, whether it's Yom HaShara, Yom HaZikaron, or Yom HaZadzimut. You know, if you sat down with any normal person to explain to them what Yom HaZikaron is, there is not a single Jew in the world, maybe just, you know, to the left of uh, of the Torah Karta. That wouldn't embrace it. Of course, you embrace it. How do you not embrace it? I mean, the uh, the uniform of an Israeli soldier is sacred. It, 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 their task is sacred. How could you, how could you in any way, you know, think otherwise? But it's now part of the uniform. It's part of the uniform. You know, it's a signal as to what community you're a part of. It's done without thinking. It's done without any reflection. And uh, they, they reject it because it's part of a different community's life.
0: Well, you know, muster teaches us to be sensitive to other people's pain. You know, one of the most beautiful, uh, as a, as a ra- Shulrov, you know, that, um, one of the, the moments, uh, which you just had, which is sending people out for Yisker, that you send right. those that have children out, um, for, for those who have parents out or who have, who, who don't need to say Yisker, that, um. Uh, like a cent so i i I once saw a beautiful in this from emotion mark Epstein. He said it isn't because we want uh, we don't want them to feel bad, it's that they don't understand how meaningful and satisf- satisfying it is it, It's the people who don't who have parents don't know how significant it is to have this event and it's almost like a simcha that they can't share meaning it's it's, it's an emotional connection to something that's elevated and beautiful to the person and the person who doesn't have uh, who hasn't lost parents doesn't know what that is and therefore we sort of sent them we send them away it's a, 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 a i think a very subtle yeah. understanding and i guess what i'm trying to say is as far as this goes um there might be a way to educate people about what does it mean to to have a family where your 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 son has been killed, your 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 daughter, your 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 father. Um, these are the type of things that strike such deep emotional chords. It, it seems to me that that no matter what political uniform you have, you need to f- understand the pain, or even understand how. You can't understand the pain of someone else. And if there is... Let, let's assume an Eretz Israel today, um, how many families mourn on Yom HaZikharon? Would you say it's 20%, 25%?
1: Listen, it, I've been in Israel many, many, many times. The entire country is in mourning. Uh, you go to the... Uh, you stand outside the cemeteries, you walk in the streets. It is national mourning because... Whether it's a first-degree relative, or a second-degree relative, or a friend, ain't bias. Everybody is touched by everybody, one way or another, is touched by the country. uh, uh, The men have all served. You know, everyone is uh, has been involved, and everyone knows someone. Everyone, uh, everyone is related to someone. Whether it's your, you know, whether whether it's your own again, first-degree relative, or it's your son-in-law's you know, cousin, whatever it is, everybody is connected, everybody knows it, and uh, it's a collective grief, and it's a, and it's a you know, and uh, you know, I remember being at a at a cemetery uh, in Petah uh, tikva I think it was I mean, it's smart. I'm sorry, it's on and you know, and, and seeing a very old woman next to a grave, and you don't bother, you don't talk to them, you don't want to gophe there, you know, tourists really can go, there for another reason, but, you uh, and I didn't go over, of course. You don't bother people. But after she left, I went over to see the grave she was. She was standing by, and there was uh, uh, a boy who had been killed in the Forty-Eight War. I mean, this is somebody who, seventy years later, was still crying over the loss of his child. And uh, you know, uh, how do you how, how do you come to terms with that? Uh, you know, it's uh... and
0: and and, and I, I could see, you know, that any attempt to create bridges is immediately shut down when you say, look how cruel you are to me. You don't even register my pain. You don't even think of
1: it's it's, it's, a whole host of issues. The question is, and I think there is a bit of a change. Now, maybe I'm overly optimistic, but it's very hard for any institution to move dramatically away from its founding culture. And the founding culture of the Haredi yeshiva world in Israel is a culture where number one, you feel under siege and you feel very vulnerable and fragile, and you are and you take great, a lot of great steps to what, in your mind, is diminishing the risk of influence from the outside world. That's an ethos which was very reasonable in the, in the 50s. It was it hasn't been reasonable for very long. Uh, the yeshiva community, the religious community in Israel is far Hashem. Uh, large, growing, powerful, influential. They built beautiful communities from a lot to Matula. E- everywhere you go in Israel today, you see Torah. Uh, and, uh, uh, and and again, they have they have economic clout, they have political clout. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and, and they built internally wonderful instruments, and everything else. But they still act as if it's the 1950s, and any influence will harm them. But I, I believe that has changed. That is changed. I mean, I, I think it's changed. I think there is a greater openness to engage the rest of the world, and not so fearful of its influences. And it maybe, maybe slowly, 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 that will impact maybe uh, how they embrace or and, and 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 reflect on a day like Yama HaZikaron. Maybe, but. Uh, but the founding culture of the yeshiva world, the Rady world, the kashenish world in Israel, is one of a profound sense of vulnerability and fragility, which, uh, which again, is not a reasonable position. For it's not reasonable. Uh,
0: you know, let me ask you, uh, let me move to another question. And I know, I don't remember when it was. I think I remember I was teaching in Chicago when I heard about this announcement, that they in, in Eretz Israel the Medina decided to expand the commemoration to include the victims of terror. Do you believe that that's um, is that conflating? Right. I, I, I see What's both. your feeling I, about
1: that? My feeling, I'm I more than I, I, I can live in a world where I completely defer, I completely defer to, to Israel to make that decision. Obviously, there's a difference between uh, a victim of terror. And, uh, I, I don't know what the alternative was. The alternative was to ignore victims of terror. And have a different day from victims of terror. I don't know. But uh, there's no question. But again, remember something. Many of the people who are, are, are on the list are not battle heroes. These are sometimes people killed in training accidents or right. lost their life, you know, while they were in uniform, lost lost life. Sometimes, you know, they, they took their own lives. And they're all on the list. So there are, and again, not everyone on that list is Yoni Netanyahu. So we, we know that. And, uh, but, uh, you know, but these are all people who have served, these are all people who have. Dedicated themselves, I mean, you know, I, I remember I don't know, maybe, maybe you've, you've seen it as well uh, a swearing in ceremony for Israeli soldiers. And, and sure. my, my
0: son, of course, I watched my own son get okay, sworn. so
1: the one I was at, and again, sometimes you make the mistake of thinking that the one thing we saw is like everything else, but but I, you know, uh, I was at a same swearing in ceremony, I, it was a while, a long time ago, I had just gone from the burnt house, you know. The old city, you know, the remnant of the and then walked down the stairs to the hotel. And there was this, I didn't know it was going to be there, this huge ceremony um, um, uh, inducting uh, uh, pilots in the Air Force. And it was a remarkable ceremony. First of all, I didn't look so much at the soldiers, I looked at their families, because what you saw there was the entire spectrum of, of, of Jewish life. Israeli life. You saw the religious, the non religious, Ashkenaz and And with a tiny ounce of historical imagination, you know exactly where all these people came. You know that there are people who escaped Europe before the war. There are people who struggled in the legal immigration against the British blockade, their, their grandchildren. You know that there are Holocaust survivors who never imagined living, are now seeing their grandchildren or children wearing the uniform of a Jewish army. I mean, you can't be moved by that. Nothing will move you. Uh, you see the, ch- the grandchildren of an Iraqi Jew who got to Israel on the back of a donkey after traveling for three months. That You know, the, the, the miracle of Jewish uh, hope to return had persisted wherever Jews live. It's a remarkable story. It's a poetic story and it, and it has no parallel in human history. To remark a remarkable story. And then to see their proud sons and daughters being sworn into an Israeli Air Force is something that your grandfather couldn't imagine. My my great-grandmother would never imagine such a thing as possible. And here you have it. You, where you walk from a burnt house with the remnants of destruction of well, you know a, a millennia ago, and then you walk in and you see young Jews being sworn in to fly. The weapons of, of Jewish self-defense, of you know, the, uh, you know, of, of, the, of the most modern and most sophisticated type, it, it, it was in a journey of the 200 yards. I mean, that's, I mean, that's an overwhelming experience. And then I, I remember a couple of things. They had the pasuk from Avodah on all the side there, the left hand side, when you look at the ground, a big banner, and it was a pasuk written in a very different context, but it was the pasuk they used for the ceremony. This is the secular. Right, Israeli Air Force. A Posuk that was written to uh to criticize those who were arrogant against God, right? Is now a Posuk that's turned totally flipped on its head that if you fly like eagles, you will be safe. Right? I mean. How can you not be moved by that? And then the Israeli, then the, 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 the Rab gets up. He gives everybody, uh, you know, the Tanakh. Every soul, every pilot gets a Tanakh and he's told, I mean, remarkable words. He says, the purpose of the Tanakh, he tells them, is not to justify the gun, which was in their the other hand, but to temper the gun in the other hand. I mean, what other air force in the world ever heard words like that? And, and we shouldn't be proud. And we shouldn't mourn if God forbid one falls. I mean, you have to be crazy.
0: Uh, it's 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 definitely you've you've accomplished, I think, for my sake to to bring to life, and of course, my memories of my own son uh, getting the kut, kumta and getting his uh, Tanakh. And it actually helped me understand it better because I thought it was pretty cheap to actually tell the truth. Like, like you know, come on. You, you guys can afford more than this little pocket. You are a phenomenal. bitter
1: cynical man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, as so a bibl- well, as a bibliophile, I'm saying, okay, come on. You got that when you were bar mitzvah, you know, when you were, you got the. the but I, I I appreciate the symbolism now, especially with the And, and by the way,
1: this is what's so important. The education system in Israel, like any other country, is perfect. But have you ever been in the old city where you have a young recruits being taken around by a tour guide, right, explaining to them where they've come from? If they miss that day in high school, they get it in the army when their minds are more sophisticated and and, 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 and better able to grasp its importance. And they're taken around and they're shown. I've been, I mean, to, to, just to stand and you can stand off the side and listen to how an Israeli tour guide, not wearing a kippah explains the sanctity of the history of Jerusalem to young Israeli soldiers, again, from all over the country, from all the different backgrounds, some of whom are very connected to Jewish life, some very distant from Jewish life, but explaining in a passionate way where they've come from. I mean, that's a beautiful sight, and they get that in the army. I've been in Poland, you know, 20 times on Yom HaShoah, and there's always Israeli soldiers there, and first of all, their presence was of enormous comfort to the survivors. So that's enough reason. That's enough. But more than that, they walked out of there. They understand what a people without power looks like. They understand what a homeless people can be vulnerable to. They understand that. And, uh, and, and so uh, the Israeli army is, is not just an army of self-defense. It's an army that forges identity, that forges a connectedness to history, and uh, and creates bonds between Jews from disparate backgrounds in, in beautiful ways. Well, it's,
0: it's, well, let's put a little uh, uh, period on, on our discussion today with an, another question, which I think this brings up. I know even when uh, my son was uh, serving, um, I had heard from many factors that the mandatory draft was not again and i know i'm treading on dangerous territory with you was not essential for the self-defense there's an argument that's been said that a, um, a universal drafting of from all families um, was not necessary in terms of the number there was a time when right. the country was when the country was small and because of that you needed every able bodied person to contribute. Right. The sophistication of the weaponry and the way wars are, war. wars are waged. Wars are fought differently. Right. So the argument was 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 raised. I, I might have been from the Haredi world, but I think it has a measure of, of Seichel, which is know, but, you that, have no, but listen. You, well let me just get the point because I know I'm I'm yeah. fumbling on it, which is yes, we want the best possible army, but one of the things that that drives the wedge is the demand Bear me out that if you don't have a son, or you all sons don't, then they are traitors to the country. And here's the other thing: I know this from my own son's experience and others. If you don't have army service, your life after the army is is very hobbled. You 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 don't get openings for job interviews. It, right. it stays with you your whole life. Right. It's it's almost like you know. It's you a know stigma. Absolutely. it's a stigma even if you have a very good reason why it didn't happen right if somehow it, it, they rethink the uh, the system and uh, it, I, again without you know getting the people that it's necessary offering because remember it costs an immense amount of money to train these gangly teenagers who probably aren't really the best soldiers anyway right. so it might and therefore they could save that money by zeroing in on in the high schools, on the ones who seem to be the best recruits, and this would this would stop this idea of we being forced to serve when we don't have to. Uh, w- w- can you respond to that? Because here is no,
1: what I said. Talk, I've talked over the years to many Israeli folks, and one thing I will tell you is, the more important is their job in the army, the more impressive their record is, the more humble they are which is a remarkable feature of the of, of the national character of, of israel young israelis are much more idealistic and selfless and engaged in service than would be a north American their north American poet no question listen it is impossible to design a system for a nation for a country that is perfect because by definition you're doing things for everyone and when you do things for everyone there'll always be ex- Significant numbers that don't fit into that construct, no question. But what the the current state of affairs creates is an ethic of service, of national service. There are people who can serve, who therefore are stigmatized, and that's certainly a consequence of this ethic of service. When I say service, I mean, I don't, I'm I'm not talking just because they they wore a uniform, I'm talking about this idea of service, the idea of being part of something, the idea that you contribute to you know to, to to the to the national story oh that's vital and, and, and there's no question there there are consequences to so what israels done you're right the nature of warfare has changed right you know you know people aren't meeting in fields anymore and it, it, you know warfare is, is is likely to be fought from an underground bunker in front of a computer screen as it is in a tent no question it's radically different than it was but and, and therefore what israel's done is they've they've shortened the the, the uh uh, the, the amount of time he spent in the army, I believe it went, and, and again, a, a much 100%, it went from three years to, to less than two and a half, I think. So there are steps being taken to adjust to that new, new reality. But to have a system where every young person serves in one capacity or another, what it does for the national character of the country is remarkable. Of course, there are going to be people left out on the margins. And, that's, and again, you have to figure out a way to solve that problem. But the benefit of a national ethic of service is remarkable. There's a remarkable benefit to that. So I don't know how to create the perfect system where no one feels out, and you know, only these soldiers serve. Or these young people don't serve. I don't know how to do that. But uh, well, you know, generally, well, speaking, as well, as a general rule, it works. Anyway.
0: Yeah. I, I again, just to to to, to, to hit the uh, the dead horse again. I, I would just say that um, if they gradually phase out from that, which could happen in terms of the defense needs of the country. I think you agree with me. What what might happen then is, for example, I'm thinking about my own feeling when I see someone wearing the American service uniform. I didn't serve. I would have been a terrible soldier. But I have a lot of pride and respect for that soldier even though I didn't serve. And and, and he appreciates that. I, I, I think you could even though not everybody in our family served, we could still love and respect the people that right. they put their life on the line. That could listen to what I'm saying, that could happen in Israel as well. Right. Where where and, and, and you could have the same sort of respect I saw Rabdovan Abu Khatseira uh, who is a, a Makubal living up in Nauria? Have for the soldiers, even raheim Kanyevsky, have for uh, the soldiers that could that could spread when it isn't necessarily uh, a, a, a mar- universal draft to the point that you know why weren't you there? And and, and I, it, when when you take the rancor out of it and you zero in, I think there could be the applauding of.
1: Uh, uh, There's enormous benefits to a plan you outlined, but they're also normal enormous benefits. Well, 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 okay. I, let, I don't disagree with that. Okay, I mean, let, let, I, me, again, let me tell you one other
0: thing which I think is is is, is and, and me and you, I think, are not our whole lives have been not to do this, but the average person likes to pigeonhole based on the resume and the CV. When a person in Israel now presents his CV, hmm, you were in Golani, hmm. I, that that rings a bell. Oh, you were from you were from the you were from the Air Force. <laughs> we got a great job for you. In other words, right. people assume based on what occurred in this person's young life what he is, and it's the good old boys but network. Not,
1: but again, that's inevitable in any situation. You look at somebody's record, and for you know, if I'm a, if I'm selling cars in in Texas, and I see the kid was a high school football, you know, I I'll, I'll give I'm more likely to give him a job. I, you know, if I'm recruiting on Wall Street, and I see the guy went to Wharton. Okay, that's a, there's always things on a resume that aren't necessarily fair to be to give someone a leg up. But that's in every society. Every society has that. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's not. A, you know, it, what's the big deal? So, always, uh, so why so, add, yeah, so add I, to I, it? So why in, you know because the kid got into Yale or or, or or Princeton. You know, when he's forty years old, it really makes a difference. Yeah, it still does, unfortunately. Or fortunately, I don't know. But uh, there's always things in Israel. And in Israel, that category is expanded to include armies.
0: Okay, so right. And and I think the other thing that needs to be spoken out here, and especially as we go into Yom Hatzmuth, and I know one of your big messages is, despite your very comfortable perch in Montreal, is – don't just celebrate Yom Tzimut, but even think seriously about living in Eretz Yisrael. Think seriously about going. Think seriously about, of course, supporting and loving, but think about your life, your future there, right? I know this is a message you've, you've said on this platform, but I think it needs to be said that as long as this um, system is so entrenched, many olim are going to find the doors of of Parnassa closed to them because they did not although they did an incredible thing which was they left their cushy job in America and all those comforts to come to Israel they're going to find that since they did not I serve the army, my
1: my my experience which is limited, my knowledge which is limited is, is a little different than that which is that the stigma you you, you accurately describe that is affixed to those who didn't serve the uh, Olim are immune to that that's that's my that's my knowledge okay uh, well I, is, I, is that is that when if you're a you go to an aliyah at 26 and you go for a job a couple years later no one's going to wonder why you didn't serve
0: but you don't have those that cachet of of positivity I mean, of
1: someone listen i remember i was in Israel during the last gaza war i well I was, you know i try to go with things are bad i you know i always try to go and i was there during the gaza war and i and i visited uh, an Iron Dome uh, base uh, where uh, they were protecting Israeli citizens from the uh, rockets coming from Gaza, and we were going to meet the two officers in charge. Okay, and uh, the two officers come out of the uh, trailer there. This is an outpost of Iron Dome, in the middle of nowhere. And uh, the two officers come out. Who are they? Uh, they're two kids who you would hire as babysitters. Two girls. Uh, one, one, one from Vancouver. One from LA. I think the other one's from Vancouver. Two girls, literally, if they weren't in uniform, you would assume they were your, you know, they're coming to your house to be babysitters, and they were just, and they, they and were just sitting there, a bunch of guys like my age, a little younger, and listening to these girls, you know, describe to us what they do. I mean, it's unbelievable. So it, it's it's an unbelievable. These are both, by the way, two from girls. Yes. Who won an Aliyah? Right. Who spoke English, but they spoke Hebrew. But their officers running an Iron Dome out there. It's unbelievable. And, and, and you know, and I remember one time I walked into an army base and I see a Jew from Ethiopia and I see a Jew who I asked him where he thought was the short. He was from Cochin, India. And I go, oh, that's what I said. So that, and they both got the joke, right? Now, but that's remarkable. I mean, that's a miracle. I mean, you know, if you took somebody from Mars and put them in a room and they gave them five years to study Chomish, right? Your mother, Mishnah, everything, right? Anything written before the 16th century. Everything they did. all Jewish history, everything. Okay. Then you blindfold them and you put them in the streets of Yushalayim And let them wander around for 30 days. And then ask them. And then say, What are your impressions? The first thing that person will ask you is, When did Mashiach come?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I, I... Your point is, is is definitely well taken. Let's just um, that was the last nakuda. Let's just end on this Yoma Zikaron with a little bit of invective. Uh, I just saw right before we started recording that uh, Bernie Madoff has uh, uh,
1: Bernie Madoff died. Yes, I Bernie saw. Madoff
0: died. And yeah. and you know, would you agree with me that Bernie was sort of the first? Um, of a series of scandalous Jews who, right, who all of a sudden, you know, these are the Jews that made it, and they became Jeffrey Epstein, Harvey Weinstein, Bernie Madoff, you know, <laughs> right? We talked about the, 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 the terrible lies
1: that were lost. When Jews are good, they're very, very good. When they're bad, they're very, very bad. And and, and uh, Bernie Madoff. I, here's what I want. Here's when I think about Bernie Madoff. I, here's what I think about how great America. Because in any other time in Jewish history, the confluence of event in that decade of a unpopular war being fought, according to its critics, for Jewish interests, meaning the the war in you know the war in Iraq and the Gulf War, and you had an economic collapse in 2008, with Bernie Madoff being the picture, you know, the poster boy for Wall Street uh, mouthpieces. And you had, you know, economic troubles, and yet there was no uh, anti-Semitism. There was no uptick in anti-Semitism on those events, centered on those events. is the greatest of America. Now, here's the other thing, though. A a lot of very smart people, a lot of smart people did a lot of stupid things and trusted the wrong guy. A lot of very smart people who should have, upon reflection, known better, whether it was uh, the people who did investments for Hadassah University. Right. And, As and, we uh, know,
0: the tendrils of Madoff reached in the very large.
1: These are people we all know. These are people who continue, in some of the cases, to, to have lives of honor and distinction in the Jewish community, but who literally put at risk, put at risk very important institutions of Jewish life and uh, in retrospect it's easy to say they should have known better but when you look at what happened in all the stories they really should have known better and uh the family tragedy of madoff the two sons who are now gone from this world one by suicide one by cancer uh you know it's it's a Shakespearean tragedy him dying like a you know in, in prison after what 11 years uh in prison and uh you know uh, he, he you know in, in the script of all of his earthly uh, wealth yes. uh, you know uh, you know uh, it's, it's a tragic story yes. uh, it's a tragic story but again the greatest tragedy are the hundreds and hundreds of people who uh, yes who, who lost who their not? life their life's work and uh, many of them were co- compensated to a certain extent thank God the trustee was did an unbelievable job in getting the money back um, people built their hopes and, and dreams on this guy. And, and they were left without. Two people committed suicide, uh, who lost money there. Uh, you know, it's it's a terrible tragedy what happened.
0: Right. And 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 I, although I agree with you, no pogroms, people weren't going into the streets and finding Jews. I think it did resuscitate as it doesn't need much to resuscitate this right. image of the Jews, the praying, the Benjamins, uh, and, and this idea. Right. I, I, I think. And it was only, like I said, exacerbated by these other sex uh, crime, big-name Jewish names. I think it was... It, it opened up a ter- I, I, I get... Uh, I mean, you had a
1: lot of criminals then. You had Rubashkin, who was... Uh, I wasn't uh, going to
0: say that, but yes, Rubashkin, Rubashkin as well.
1: His criminal activity, uh, rampant criminal activity. Uh, you had... Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the Lakewood guy Weinstein. You had Shalom Weiss. You had uh, yes, right. So it's a horrible, so horrible story. So I'm saying,
0: Bernie, Bernie, you know, began a series of 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 horrible. You
1: have an entire prison in upstate New York. I mean, uh, Otisville, yes. Otisville, uh, and, uh, Otisville has
0: a very big vice You know, <laughs> a very, it, it, a very it, big. It, it,
1: no, they have multiple minyanim. Yeah, a lot
0: of minyanim. it's true. Yeah, I, I think they have
1: a building campaign now for the shul there. Uh, they have, you know, and uh, uh, by the way, they have multiple. I have friends.
0: Campaigns. I have friends who wrote. I have one of my students came out with a sefer and homish that he published, and I have a good friend that I went to yeshiva with, who you know as well, who also published a sefer that he wrote while he was there. And
1: um, I mean, so yeah, it's a fellowship of enormous proportion. It may be such a, the Chil of, of Otisville, that it even exists, that you have articles when that guy Cohen was going, you know, Trump's buddy was going up there about the rugelach that are served in Otisville, <laughs> right? The Chil Hashem of Otisville is such that it may have rendered any future Chil Hashem impossible because the whole idea of a Chil Hashem is predicated on the assumption that there's an expectation of good behavior, which has been disappointed, Right. And and and, and 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 you agree
0: with me there somehow Bernie was the beginning of that, I think. It's in in some ways.
1: way yeah, the mind, maybe uh, I'll also tell you something else, multiple of stuff, young bill disabilities, are criminals. And uh I remember one thing. One thing, and I say this with no joy. None of those minions say hello, on you more
0: Rabbi Pupko, you know how to bring this around exactly where it needs to end. <laughs> That's it, my friends. I have a meaningful uh, end of Yom HaZikaron and a Simcha Dikah and meaningful as well, Yom HaZimot. We'll catch you on the other side, hopefully. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.